people of the interwebs. This is the Human Evolution Podcast. My name is Dion. My name is Keith. And we got Brian, a U.S. Olympic weightlifter. Hello. Hello. That was him saying hello, by the way. Anyways, if you're watching us, you saw him say hello. Anyway, what's going on? Who's ready to party? Are you? I am. I'm ready. Yeah. Cool. We're moving the microphone around today because this is our first podcast. So we're uh, we're low tech. We're low tech. We're low tech in it. But if you're watching this, hopefully you'll watch it one day in the future. <laughs> hopefully. Humble, humble beginnings. Humble, humble beginnings. Humble. Grassroots, as they say. <laughs> anyway, um, I'll give you a little intro. Uh, primal is who we are. It's what you see. Now close your eyes and imagine us wearing hats and shirts. <laughs> We're not naked. I am. I, I kind of want to be naked. You naked, Brian? I wish I was. I definitely would not want to be naked right now. Well, I remember we had an idea of doing a podcast a long time ago and calling it Bros and Briefs. And, and it was just a bunch of dudes hanging out in their boxers. Dudes? Telling stories. But nobody knew that unless... they. We're told. Yeah, because it wasn't filmed at all. It was just voice, which was weird. It sounded like a regular Tuesday night. <laughs> it was a regular Tuesday. Um, anyway, we'll get up, we'll get serious for a little bit, hopefully. Um, we wanted to have Brian on as our first guest because he's a longtime friend of mine and a great guy. Great guy. Thanks, and Brian. A philanthropist. Philanthropist. <laughs> <laughs> No, he's a great <laughs> Olympic weightlifter. And Olympic I'm weightlifting, okay. I'm okay. you're pretty good. I'm all right. I mean, he's very humble. He's trying to knock on wood right now, but the only wood he has in it is in his pants. <laughs> um, but anyway, he uh, I've known Brian since we trained at Catalyst. Um, and the first time we kind of connected was he did like a 200 and something million kilo clean and jerk. And he fell down afterwards in excitement. And really? yeah, remember? And I went gave you a uh, dumb and dumber CPR. I grabbed your legs, and then I did. Oh like, yeah, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Did you get? Did you? Were you almost fainting? I don't remember that specifically. I remember him running over and giving me the CPR. <laughs> that's the image I have in my mind. I forget what the number was. Uh, yeah, it was a lot, and uh, that's kind of like. How we, we connected as, as, as two human beings into one. I'm glad you didn't bring up the threesome. No, let's keep it. It's good. You like so, that one? I, I do. I do. Can you tell us more about the threesome, Brian? <laughs> yes, B. Uh, I, signed a, I signed an NDA. I can't really go into details. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Anyway, let's, uh, let's jump back so, on to weightlifting. Tell us, tell us why... You know, uh, Brian is uh, is our is one of our first primal athletes. Like, let's get into that, man. That's a great question. Um, and now I'll be the one being interviewed uh, <laughs> because he has a name that is synonymous with U.S. weightlifting. Kinda, <laughs> he's too humble. Kinda. He'll keep on throwing it in there. But he um, he's competed, you know, at nationals for years. Um, and he's always been at the, when he has been competing, um, he's always been at the, the top of his weight class. 
um, as far as his uh, snatch and clean and jerk. And um, I figure it'd be a great person to uh, have on the team. Yeah, man. Team Primal. Yeah. Um, why did you want to be with Team Primal? And you could be completely honest. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know you guys. Yes. I want to help you guys out. Thank you. I like the products. Oh, tell us about the watermelon BCA. You like so much? The watermelon BCAs is the best I've ever had. I've, no I've joke. Been, this yeah. is for real, folks. Like he was not even like this. I'm not trying to sell anything here, or whatever. But he was like, "This is the best BCA I've ever even tasted in my life," which is really true because it's watermelon honey, dude. It's insane. Like I never even heard such a thing. <laughs> it's like when your uh, girlfriend or wife gives you a list, the honeydew list, but then adds honey to it. Wait, no, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I don't know. But um, it does taste good. Throw in some vodka and it's even better, probably. Oh, that does sound delicious. Watermelon mule. <laughs> Watermelon mule. Um, cool. Yeah. Glad you liked it. I would like to add something why, though, I think Brian brings an important piece to the, to the Primal team. I think, you know, just like here, we're here doing a podcast in the gym and, uh, you know, Brian's starting or has been on the path of creating a huge career for himself and many successes down that road. And we're here starting our business with Primal and we're, and we're creating the business and we're both kind of starting here at Humble Roots and, and uh, we're, we're starting together down this kind of path of what can potentially, you know, be huge or big or whatever. And it's, it's cool to, to kind of be in a circle of people that are at the beginning of things that could be potentially really big and really successful for one another. And I think that's so important um, in just general in life is just really being around people who, who promote you, promote your success, want to see you do well. And that's like really a, a, something that, you know, Primal is all about as well is just bringing that balance, bringing that motivation to individuals. And, and uh, you know, again, Brian, I just want to thank you so much, man, and, and really being with us here in the beginning and you know helping you become a better athlete and then helping us you know uh, be a better business and that's the podcast no <laughs> <laughs> that, that was that was that was very articulately that was from the heart no, that was from the heart it was great <laughs> and I, I i i can't agree with keith more that was you're, you're doing a, well, you real know, talk. a great thing for us <laughs> no I, well i want to say thanks for having me here I definitely want to help you guys out. I know you what you guys are trying to do. You know, I've been in the same situation, so you know, uh, I'm definitely appreciative. You know, back to a serious note. I for because me, I have to say that if I want people to take me serious, um, I cut, coming from my sports background, playing baseball, and um, just kind of having a uh, a support system um, as a ball player. And then transitioning into uh, Olympic weightlifting, which I did for a little bit, which was a lot of fun, but nowhere near the level of Brian Wilhelm. It's the first time we used his last name, but nowhere near the level of, of Brian. Um, I just kind of want to know, like, what is it like performing in an individual sport where you literally are the, the king of the gym? At any gym you walk into, 
Unless it's the U.S. Olympic Training Center. That's a different story, but I've never been there, so I can't comment. There is none anymore. They shut that shit oh, down. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but so, for instance, like training at Kados, you were obviously the biggest and strongest dude there, lifting the most weight. What does that feel like? Uh, and just as a whole, on a daily basis, uh, reflecting on it when you put on put up big numbers during training on a Saturday or something when you're going big time. What's it like being the king of the gym in your most humble way possible? <laughs> um, I'm trying to put my thoughts together. I mean, it's cool. You you know that you're putting in the work, but I mean, I expect myself to do more than others because, like, I'm double body weight than some of our old teammates like Blake, right? So if I'm not putting up more, then I'm just kind of like a piece of shit. <laughs> but um, to be honest... You know, going in, and I never really look at it like being the strongest. Like, even the gym I'm at right now, I probably put up, you know, I'm the, I'm the strongest guy in there. But it's always a daily battle between myself. I don't try to compare myself with others. I don't try to throw my weight around. Um, I try to help people where I can. And because, uh, you know, it's the same thing with you guys. Everybody starts somewhere, right? And so that's what I try to yeah. bring um, to whatever environment I'm in, right? You know, some people might just be starting out. They're just playing around with the weights. Some might have been doing it for 10 years and they want a little bit more help. So I try to do that too now a little bit more. I'm a little bit more active with that um, than just focusing on myself. But um, what's it feel like to be king of the jungle? It's pretty cool because I take the weights that I need. <laughs> <laughs> I need but, that one. <laughs> yeah, give me, give me those reds. You can take these greens. I'm not using hey, them. I have to go three more sets. No, I need that now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much. That's that's how it... I mean, I'm a little bit nicer about it, but that's they all know that I need the bigger weights. Um, just, I mean, I'm not even trying to be a dick about it, but that's just how it is, right? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, like, I remember when I was lifting one day, you came over and said, I need that bar. I said, but there's only PVC pipes left. He said, well, then use that one because I need that bar. <laughs> I don't recall that ever happening, but it may have. I'm not really sure. <laughs> that's that's pretty funny. Keith, you actually came and watched one of my training sessions before Brian. Yeah, I did. Up. I yeah. actually went to one of your meets. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Now, this isn't about me. Let's talk about your meet. <laughs> no. But I remember that. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that was cool. It's always cool um, reflecting back on, on old athletic yeah, man. Um, abilities like myself. It's old. It's old past. abilities. Yeah. <laughs> Very old abilities. But for Brian, you've, you've been... Uh, Olympic weightlifting kind of started for you in high school when you were playing other sports, like sports that people really know about, like yeah. basketball, right? Like that stuff that's on SportsCenter. But how? with that said, how did you get involved? Involved in Olympic weightlifting because high school, no one ever hears about it. It's not popular. No, no. People, yeah, we think bench Wrestling, pressing, drag, you know, baseball. Those are the kind of the more popular streamlined sports. Yeah. How did Olympic weightlifting become a part of your life early on? Early on, or you want the yeah. whole story? I just kind of whatever. So yeah. the way the, the way it started was, um, so I was originally a basketball player. Um, and what I wanted to do was be able to dunk. So that, that's been, that was a big dream of mine since I started playing when I was a little kid. Uh, so I talked to my dad 
And he was like, well, if you want to dunk, you're going to be have, you need to jump higher. That means you need to get stronger. <clears throat> beep, 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 beep. This Justin, if you want to dunk a basketball, you need to jump high. <laughs> started uh, cut up. Anyways, so, taxi, Brian. So, uh, so I started doing Olympic lifting, um, build up that explosive power, and then within uh, six months, I want to say, um, you know, I was able to dunk the ball, and I, ever since then, I was hooked. Like it's, it was money. No, nice. Six months? How? Damn. It took me. Wait, never. I still never. <laughs> yeah, <I'll>, never. <laughs> wait, it took you. How? Okay, how high were you jumping before the six months? I don't know. This was. Were you like, touching rim? Were you touching rim? Uh, grabbing net? No, so I don't think so. Okay. So the wanting to jump high got you into powerlifting or weightlifting. Um. So that's how it started. Ever since I was able to dunk the basketball, that's when I knew that weightlifting as a tool was going to help my other sports. So throughout high school, throughout college, I always used weightlifting as a training tool. It wasn't my main sport, but I always had it in my background. So even like in college, I wasn't the best, you know, I didn't have the best technique, but I had that background. People like went into school, didn't know how to do a power clean or snatch, and so I already had that advantage over them. Um, but so that's how it started. You know, high school was a training tool for basketball and track. I went to college, I competed on a track and field team. They all used it, so I already. What events? Uh, events, I threw hammer shot and disc. Yeah. I stopped throwing discus because we had a pretty good guy already doing it. And then after a year or two of shot put, I stopped throwing that because I blew out my elbow. So I was pretty much stuck with the hammer, which I learned in a year. Um, so in college, I was okay. I wasn't a super great athlete or, you know, track and field athlete. I was all right. I'm always late to the game. And then... Is that a <laughs> metaphor? For life? Dude, everything. I'm late to everything. The only thing I was on time for was this podcast today. Actually, you was, yeah, you were on time. <laughs> You were running late. <laughs> he was. <laughs> yeah, everything else I'm late to. So, um, ever since then, you know, the funny thing is, it was my junior year of college when I came home during the summer. That's when, um, you know, I, I, I trained here during the summers, went to a couple of meets, and that's when I made up my mind and I said, okay, well, this I want to do weightlifting as my sport. So, as soon as I graduated, I moved back home. You know, I went through my last year of college, competed, did whatever, came back here to the Bay Area and just started training full time as a weightlifter. And it's been like that ever since. Hey, so like, obviously, that's a long time. Right. And so I was just actually having this conversation with somebody because I, I have a, a kid. I have a, a seven month old right now and I was thinking we're already talking about sports you know trying to like what's this what's my what's your kid gonna do and it was just like a hypothetical conversation and so obviously you started real young and obviously sticking with the sport for this long I mean obviously there's some trials and tribulations right so I mean tell us about like a time where you're just like not into it anymore if that was ever the case and then how did you bring it back man because that's like obviously in fitness in life in anything that we do, we got to stay the course, right? So how do you bring it back to become one of the best? Uh, so there's been a lot of peaks and valleys <laughs> throughout my career. <clears throat> um, 
I could go through a shit ton of them, right? But the most recent one that I would touch on is probably um, when the Canada shit though was it twenty sixteen? It was uh, la- last year. Wait, was it last summer? So it was twenty sixteen. It was twenty sixteen. So <clears throat> this is the most recent one, right? I've had plenty of other shit happen to me before, but in twenty sixteen. Catalyst, um, you know, shut down the gym. They moved up to Oregon. Uh, you know, they're still running as a company. And, you know, Greg is still doing his thing. I keep in touch with him every once in a while. Shout out to Greg Everett. I love you, baby. <laughs> so they they shut down the gym. Um, it was kind of a shock to some of us. But, you know, I understand, I completely understood where he's coming from. And once that happened, you know, we only had maybe a month or two to kind of like get our shit ready and move and do whatever we needed to. Um, so I went to a new gym and, you know, I just kind of like started programming for myself and I was literally in limbo for like a year. Nothing moved, nothing happened. All my numbers were the same. I was just going through the motions. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I mean, ultimately in the back of my mind, I was thinking, all right, well, this is your sport. You need to just keep doing it. But I mean, at the end of the day, was I happy? And it was, you know, it's a good release, but it wasn't really, I didn't really know what I was doing, right? And so after about eight to 10 months of that, um, I just snapped out and I said, fuck this, this is bullshit. So one, I got my wrist surgery. Yeah. Uh, I needed to get that done. Once that was finished, I came back and started rehabbing, um, slowly building things up again. And then, just kind of like starting from scratch and that's when things started to click yeah it's been a, it's been a little over it's been like a year and three months since my wrist surgery um i've hit prs all over the place and all different lifts and i mean i'm getting older too this shouldn't really be happening but i'm still hitting prs i'm happy with my progress i'm in a happy place right now with my programming my numbers and everything like that and it's just really trying to dig deep and finding out what you really want to do um you know, I think too many people just go through the motions. And if you're not happy with what you're doing, then you're just wasting your fucking time. Like, yeah. If, if I was tired of weightlifting, I wouldn't be doing it right now. You know, you, you can pretty much say that about it. Anything yeah. right? in life. Like the people out there, if you're not happy doing it, don't waste your fucking time doing it. Okay. Seriously. I remember seeing Brian dealing with all these his wrist was jacked man i remember is it true a guy custom made like a weight belt for your wrist basically like a leather oh, a wrist, wrist a wrist guard yeah a wrist guard but it looked like a, a power lifting belt like power lifters yeah. <laughs> use these gigantic belts bigger than what olympic weightlifters can use it was like a power lifting belt on your wrist it was insane it was like in the i remember your hands looked like uh, the Michelin man's hands. <laughs> you would wrap your wrist so tight just so you can get a bar over your head. Yeah. Man, it was crazy. And and the fact that, man, a little tiny surgeon. It, it is. very. Fun. Do you know it, how small that fucking thing was? It was literally this big. <laughs> I know. Affected so much. Oh, I was so annoyed. Do yeah. you wish you got that surgery sooner? Fuck yeah. <laughs> I should have done it like three years ago before. Why didn't you? Because I, I honestly didn't think it was a big issue. I went to I went to fucking Stanford. I went to their their wrist specialist. I go see him, and he has me get checked out by, like, a student or whatever, right? 
Let me do it. Let me just say something. Stanford is a great place. Yes, right? I agree. But sometimes they throw a student up in the mix, like someone who's trying to learn some shit. And that is, I just got to say, that is the most annoying thing that they do. Obviously, it's a learning place. It's a lot of interns and shit like that. So anyways, Brian, go ahead. Yeah. So I like Stanford <laughs> as a school and, you know, they do great shit. But I, I just had a really bad experience with this guy. So I go there. First, they make me get a new x-ray, make me get a new MRI. So that's money out of my pocket, even though I have insurance, right? Then I have to schedule multiple visits. I come back and he says, um, yeah, you know, looking at the MRI, and this is after the student talks to me. I said, no, I want to talk to the fucking doctor. Bring him in. Like, I don't want to hear from you. So the doc comes in. He's like, you know, looking at the MRI, it looks like you may have a, a cyst back there. But we're not really sure. I was like, okay, so where the fuck is the pain coming from? He's like, inconclusive. And I just fucking stared at him like, are you serious? <laughs> Your education is inconclusive. In, this interview is inconclusive. <laughs> Bro, so I get a fucking x-ray and an MRI and he tells me it's inconclusive. And I just stared at him like, are you fucking serious? What does that even mean? Yeah. And so, I don't know. <laughs> Say I don't know. No. Dude, so I was, I was just heated. I was thinking, you know, all right, this guy, he tells me there's no way. He doesn't even know where the fucking pain is coming from. So I guess I just have to live with it. You know, six, six to eight months later, I show it to uh, another friend of mine, one of my dad's friends. He takes a look and he's like, oh, there's definitely something there. You can get it fixed. Send it to another doctor in SF. And he said, yeah, you know, we could do some surgery on it. We could cut that out. It should relieve some pain. I go in, get the surgery. And you find out that the cyst was actually pushing on a nerve in my wrist. And it was just growing. So as it kept growing, you know, there's more. It, it just created more pain. And so now I have, I mean, now my wrist is sore when I lift, but it's nowhere near the same pain levels. Yeah. So this fucking doctor at Stanford held me back. And I was just like, well, what was the, the time frame of that? For how much, if let's say you, the first couple times you went in, they said, all right, let's, let's get you in for a surgery. There's something that we need to take out. That moment in time versus when you went to the other place. I basically lost a year because of the doctor from Stanford. Now, if knowing that, I should have just gone back because I didn't think it was a big deal. You know, I thought I got a couple cortisone shots in there. I thought it was just something that'll go away. So I didn't make a big deal of it for two, three years. But then I literally lost a year because he said there was nothing that could be done. Let's say, for just in a generally speaking around this time of your life, what does a year do? How does it impact you from a, a competition standpoint? Number-wise, uh, how many meets you can do, national competitions, um, when the time frame of qualifying for an Olympic team, for you, what is that like? Um, I don't know. You threw a lot of like buzzwords in there. I have no <laughs> fucking I can give you my opinion. So, like, what do you what do you it think? Fucks it up. How, <laughs> it, fucks, it up. it fucks it up. It fucks it up. Like, so do you? It, it, how do you think your numbers would have grown to a certain point that you could have um, possibly qualified for something that you were striving for at that time? Uh, honestly, you know. I may have, I may have not been able to. You never really know. Looking back, I probably needed a mental break anyway. I mean, at that point, 
that's the part where I was in limbo, right? So I didn't really know what I was doing, didn't really know what I was shooting for. I took that, I got that surgery done, you know, and then I had to take time off afterwards. I literally couldn't do anything. They wouldn't even let me squat because there's pressure. I remember when you're dealing with crazy wrist pain and you couldn't hold a bar over your head, but you were still hammering crazy back squats and crazy pulls and you were crushing uh, clean and not clean, not jerks, but cleans. Like you were still going through some intense training with a jacked up wrist. Let me add to that. So all the people out there listening right now, if you're training and you get injured, work around the injury. Stay fit. Obviously, I mean, I've been injured. I've had a bad shoulder injury. I always made sure to hit my legs. It is not an excuse not to work out. All right, side note. Go ahead, finish up. <laughs> so the this is the first time I'm hearing that you they wouldn't even let you back squat, right? So what was the difference at when your wrist was super jacked up and you were still able to hit other lifts versus now they didn't even want you to touch a bar basically, right? Yeah, so you know, when when I was still going through the lifts with pain, that's something that was manageable, right? With this, it was surgery. I didn't want to go in, you know, two weeks in and then tear shit up on the inside. If I if I spent that much time, you know, getting the surgery done, I wanted to do it right recovering. Yeah. So I, I went into the gym as soon as I could. As soon as I felt okay and I started to work on my, you know, the range of motion in my wrist, I went in. Um... Now, what I mean by not being able to do squats and stuff is because I couldn't even, I wasn't able to hold the bar. Like my whole hand was wrapped up in a cast, not like one of the hard casts, which would have been nice. It was just a soft cast. And so it would still be able to move. Yeah. I had stitches in there, right? And so if I ripped any of that open or fucked anything up, then it just adds more time. And from my, what I've learned is you don't want to rush anything like that. You know, I've torn quads. I've torn other oh, shit. Yeah, I remember watching Brian yeah. tear his quad. It was his first competition back, right? It was. It was. I think it was your first competition back. You were qualifying for nationals, and you were hitting some crazy numbers that day, and you qualified. And yeah. then I think it was your third clean and jerk yeah. attempt, and you said, "Screw it!" I forgot the exact number you went for, but it was. The, the the second lift was ridiculous. It was so easy. And I could I was like, okay, he can make whatever number he throws on, he's gonna make easily. And so I decide to go to the side of the of the competition platform to watch watch B. And he easy pull, that bar's flying up, he catches it right at the bottom, and it was a weird from what I remember. It looked like as he popped up from the bottom of a clean, like the his body was popping up and then the bar popped up and he popped backwards. I wish I could explain the visual I had better. But I it was like back. it was like an ex- <laughs> it was like an explosion of two things happening, like two magnets, uh, whatever you call it when they they have opposite opposite. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, it was like B bounced back and the bar bounced up and forward. Yep. And we were like, oh, I thought he popped his knee or something. Man, you're about to yell, man down. Man <laughs> down. That. And then when it didn't move, that's when you realize, oh shit, this is serious. Yeah. <laughs> but good thing it was just your quad because you were back squatting pretty 
pretty quick after that. Man, so that was a that was a close call, and then you weren't able to lift at nationals because no, of I that, did. right? Oh, you did. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. like six months later or something. Uh, the competition was like in February or March. Nationals, I want to say, it was probably like in July. So it was a slow recovery, but I literally just went in hoping that I could compete. Uh, basically, uh, Brian is uh, Wolverine. He recovers <laughs> at an exponential rate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he cut off his sideburns for this interview. Anyway, um, yeah, Brian is just an absolute beast, and. You know how kind of LeBron James recovers after things super fast? And he's just an absolute maniac. I think when you are, when you've been blessed with the genes that Brian has, and Brian comes from a pretty amazing father athletically, and, and the other thing of humans being great people come from, um, they, they, those people just recover different than normal people. And I think Brian. It takes work. It does. I yeah. mean, it's genetics plays a big part in it, yeah. but there's a component of um, you're just kind of one of those people that can recover and get back at whatever you're doing at a little bit of a different pace than your standard person that just kind of works out, exercises, you know, plays sports on the weekend for fun. He's just a different species. Yeah. I mean, obviously, genetics has a big play in that. But in addition to that, man, let's like, what? I mean, obviously, the importance of recovery. It's so it's so great. Obviously, getting enough sleep, getting enough food, stuff like that. I mean, eating. I'm sure for Brian is a full time job. I mean, what like what's a day look like for food? Food. Like, uh, a train, like a, you're training, man. You're getting ready for something. What's a day look like? Just in general. In general. In general. All right. So food. So I'll answer quickly. The the food portion. I'm I'm trying to not force feed myself anymore. Um, I kind of got tired of that, and I just learned the more you eat, the more you shit anyway. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Metamucil. Yeah. But as far as a typical day for me, um, you know, I work a 40-plus-hour job a week. Yeah. So I wake up, have my breakfast, I go to work. Uh, luckily, they feed me there, too, so I get lunch. Don't you eat, like, a Ronnie Coleman breakfast, like, 12 <laughs> eggs? I wish I could put down 12 eggs. <laughs> And then once I'm done with work, I'll go I'll go train for, you know, a few hours. And then after that, I'll go home, I'll eat, and then I work again. Somewhere I throw in a shower, and then I'll go to sleep, right? But, um, you know, it's, it's a daily grind, and I've just gotten used to it. Yeah. You know, people always complain about how they don't have enough time to do stuff, and yeah. I just... Like, no, you don't. You have fucking time. You so just need to prioritize that shit. Yeah. Like, what's wrong with you? Don't stop Netflixing and chilling. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. Netflixing and chilling. Yeah. Well, chilling's cool, but too much Netflix is not cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love both. So real real quick, man, do you do you keep track of like your macros and shit like that? Or do you what do you no? It's just like whatever. Yeah. You just feel the beast. I literally feel eat, the beast. Yeah. I not eat. feel the beast. <laughs> <laughs> I eat, uh, I basically eat whatever I can up until I'm hungry. If I know at the end of the day or like midday, if I haven't eaten enough, I'll try to add some more stuff in. But I mean, my foods mostly consist of meats and carbs and some vegetables, but that's pretty much it. Like I, I try to keep my eye on what I eat, but 
Sometimes it's hard to shy away from two sausage egg McMuffins for four dollars from oh, McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I mean, uh, I follow this guy called Steve Cook, and he's like just this ripped dude. Used to be an on athlete, and he was uh, he got he found this killer deal at I think it was Dunkin' Donuts. It was like two egg and cheese McMuffin type things for three bucks, and that's hard to beat, right? But um, you can definitely kind of uh, get around eating healthy all the time if, if uh, you know, if you're working as hard as Brian. The camera's over there, too. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but the mic is here, dude. <laughs> um, real quick, man. So, hey, so I know this sounds super cheesy, but for all inspiring athletes out there, man, if you could just like say – one thing to them, like, what would it be? Oh, just one thing. Stay out of my weight class. <laughs> <laughs> I nah. love it. Nah. Dude, that was great. Nah. Outside of that. Stay in your lane. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, uh, if I had to say one thing, it'd be... I don't fucking know. That's two That's, things. <laughs> two things. Anything. <laughs> All right. Is is there? Uh, do you do you wish you grew up in Russia so you could have been like eight this, years old like lifting if, weights? No. Fuck no. Okay. Like if I could say one thing to just in general, I would say I would say this: stay focused, man, and don't fuck around too much. Don't waste your time doing stupid shit. Especially in school, man. If you're in high school out there listening to this, stop fucking around. Focus up. Get your shit together. Stop partying so hard. And stop fucking wasting so much time on chicks. If you are, and find your passion, bro. Find your passion. Stick with it. Crush it. And you'll end up being like Brian. <laughs> Just be yourself. <laughs> it's so cookie cutter. <laughs> I mean, it's, it kind of go back, goes back to what you said. I think the big thing is just staying the course. Like, yeah, you you're gonna find what you want to do eventually. It might take you 20 years. It might take you 30 years. That's why we have masters weight classes, right? <laughs> yeah. So even if you start weightlifting or anything at the age of 50, just stay the course. Do what you need to do. There's plenty of resources out there. And if you are really dedicated to it and passionate about it, then you'll make time for it. Everybody only, everybody has 24 hours in the day. The difference between a good athlete and a great athlete is how you use those hours, right? So, so true, man. I love everything that was said. You guys are right. <laughs> everything you just said is just so spot on. And if I think any of us were young and we listened to that and we, we actually applied it, it would make us better at whatever sport or whatever activity or hobby, whatever we're doing. It would just make us. Yeah. Uh, it would make us better at that. And I want to. I want to add something to it, man. If you're out there and you're and you're just a, you know, you could be any age. I mean, like Brian is saying. But if you're out there and you have an opportunity to be around someone who's living that life that you inspire to, get get to know them. Be inspired by them. If you can, be mentored by them. You know, don't act like you're too cool. Put the ego to the side and, and you know, find your best self. I know that sounds hella cheesy, but it's so true. I mean, if I could, you know, if, if you know, I'm, I'm discovering these things now about myself, I'd say probably the last three to four years. But, man, I really did not get my shit together until I hit 30. I'll be honest with you. 
And if if uh, you know if I didn't waste my time thinking or trying to be so cool or whatever, I would have I would have definitely um, managed to to find this path a lot sooner. So just that, just as a warning to all you listening, get on it. The sooner, the better. Anything else, B? <laughs> nah, I'm good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. On that note, I mean, B, what's your favorite food? <laughs> I said pizza. <laughs> no, uh, favorite food? Um, anything, anything that I can is edible. Favorite color? Favorite color? Black. All right. Fuck one, marry one, kill one. <laughs> Oprah, Martha Stewart, Reese, Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> oh, uh, damn, dude, that's a fuck one, marry one, kill one, kill Oprah. Uh no, I would I would bang Reese Witherspoon, dude. That the last two are tough. That is tough. Mary Martha, I would probably marry Martha. She cooks well. She cooks good. She can. Ooh yeah, yeah. Then I feel bad for killing Oprah, but I'd marry Martha. True. I think I agree with Ryan. Yeah. Oh, um, can I just kill him? Fuck him and marry them all. <laughs> wait, no, I have to. You got here? No, you wait, no, no, I gotta marry him. You fuck him and then kill him. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> you wanna fuck that right, one Okay. Thing, one, thing, one thing I wanted to ask you earlier on in the in the uh, podcast is and that this, man, this will be the last question for you, if, Brian. If you have did, at any point in your career, did uh, did you have a mantra, something that you said to yourself over and over again, like an example being, uh, all women want me. All men want to be me. Lace up. Mm, a mantra. Um, I, honestly, I never really had one. What I started doing recently, the last year or so, so I have a training log. You know, it shows all my numbers and what I do on a daily basis. And at the top, I write down a little message. Um, so every time I go in and I write down the next number or the set that I just finished, I see it. Um so I do little things like that. It might be something like for the day, if I feel really like shitty, I might just say, you know, focus. The next week when it might be a really light week, but it feels really heavy, I might just write down, you know, eyes on the big picture. Something like that to kind of like keep me moving forward, right? Yeah. Um, as, but as far as a mantra... I never really had one. It's more just I know what I need to do, um, so I just stay focused on that. Honestly, I only have a few more years left of being competitive, you know. And then that I guess if I had to put something on it, something like that. Um, the clock's ticking, you know. Yeah. You only have so much time yeah. until after you're done being competitive. You're just doing it for shits and giggles, which yeah. is fine by me. I have no issue with that, but. I have some goals I want to hit before then, so. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Keith. Yes. Did you have a mantra? Uh, when I was younger and I was, I mean, this is embarrassing to even share with people. I probably had more than one, but literally I would tell myself, all women want me. <laughs> you really did. And all men want me. I thought that's me. because you loved Jose Canseco. <laughs> He was definitely a badass dude. Uh, but, you know, so a monster out there, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's just basically telling yourself something over and over again inside your head, in your head. It's positive self-talk. And whatever it is to get the wheel spinning, you tell yourself over and over again. It's if it's you put it out there and, it, and, you, and you put that energy out there and uh, it helps. I'm not going to lie. 
I mean, literally, all women wanted me in all. <laughs> well, when I used to step in the box, I would always tell myself, "Get that broad out of your head, meat." <laughs> That's from Bull Durham, if you guys don't know. Um, anyway, awesome. This was a lot of fun. First time ever doing this. Yeah, we nailed it. And yeah, I'll, yeah. You guys don't even don't even. Uh, don't even worry about giving us a five star review because it's already going to happen. <laughs> that probably will be edited out. But anyway, I had a good time. Um, definitely. Uh, yeah, had a great got, time. Got some experience doing this. Should and Brian again, so much uh, for uh, being a primal athlete and being here with us today on our first podcast and to future endeavors here with Brian. I also want to do a shout out to the to the location where we're at the uh, the gym that we're using, Cortol Fitness in San Carlos, California. You can check them out at CoreTollFitness.com. Great place to train. Um, yeah. I love Core Total Fitness. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Wait, sorry. The microphone was not close enough. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> thanks for being with us. Yeah. Really appreciate it. That's cool. Podcast. That's a wrap. Human evolution. Drop the mic. Metaphorically. <laughs> <laughs>